Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Brutal, the MMA podcast. Hello, guys. And uh, today we're a little short-staffed because... <laughs> Was that a short joke? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, Charles, uh, Mr. Philbig himself, uh, has appendicitis. And he did. He missed the fight because of the appendicitis. That's the biggest deal to me. To him, it's the appendicitis. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, he's not here for today's episode, unfortunately, but we'll have him in the next one, hopefully, when he's recovered and healthy. Um, so prayers up for him. And uh, we're going to jump right into UFC 289. Um, it was an awesome pay-per-view. I was It delivered way better than I mm-hmm. thought it would. I was really worried that it would be a mediocre card. But honestly, it really showed out and um, did way better than I thought it would. Um, starting off with uh, Steve Eckrig and uh, David Dvorak. Um, I wasn't expecting a whole lot in this fight because it was um, uh, it was Steve Eckrig's UFC debut, and he was fighting the tenth ranked flyweight in the division. I thought it was going to be steamrolling for Dvorak, to be honest. That's what I was thinking in my head. But um, Steve Steve won. I I think just about every round. Maybe the first round you could give to David, but in the second round, um, head kick dropped David Dvorak. Hit him in the back of the head with the head kick after he stunned him. It was a really entertaining fight. I mean, for flyweights, uh, there's only a few really entertaining flyweights. I'd give it to Kai Kara France, Brendan Moreno, Alexander uh, uh, Alejandro Pendoja. I never get his first name right, but you know, you know yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he beat uh, uh, Brendan Moreno twice, and they're going to have their rematch pretty soon here. But um, that was the first fight. Uh, no, that was the second fight. The first fight was uh, Belbita versus, the name escapes me, Oliveira. Um, Chick Oliveira. (laughs) She didn't do very good in this fight. I mean, kind of got dominated. It was a pretty stinker of a fight to start the night, to be honest with you. But um, Belbita is gorgeous, I got to say. She's she's a pretty (laughs) young lady. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see more of her, (laughs) got to say. After that, I'm going to pull it up because my memory is failing me at the moment. We had Calme Nelson and uh, the undefeated Blake Builder at the time. Um, Blake Builder kind of didn't push the pace. He wasn't landing correctly. He wasn't gauging his distance well. And he kind of just got outstruck every single round by Cal Nelson. Cal Nelson showed up and did what he was supposed to do. Got the, the win in there for Canada. So, Wait, so for this card, was it that no Canadian fighters lost? I'm pretty sure all the Canadian fighters on the card won. 5-0 and for Canada. So it was really cool, actually. It's good for um, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, good for all of Canada. Um, I love Canadian MMA fighters. I really wish Hakeem Duwadu, uh, his fight didn't get canceled. He's one of my favorite Canadian fighters. He's an amazing Muay Thai striker. Um, but he seems to be cursed with, like, um, missing fights. I've I've seen him at least get, like, three or four fights canceled. So, no, I, used to, I have a, a, a YouTube edit of him when I started first following UFC from, like, 2019. I was so into that guy. But uh, hopefully he rests up and gets gets well soon and gets gets it on in the next fight. But after that one, we had a uh, Amen Zahabi versus Arichi Lang. Um, I had Arichi Lang winning, and I told someone to bet on Arichi Lang. I am so sorry because Arichi Lang got bodied in the first two minutes. It was actually a really funny moment. Uh, he got knocked unconscious, right? 
and uh, the corner man standing up and everything, and he walks to the center autogon and puts his fists up because he thinks the fight's still going on. He thinks it hasn't even started yet. He's back on autopilot. He's totally on autopilot. So he walks to the middle, puts his fists up, and they're like telling him like, "No, no, 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 the fight's over." Stop! No, it's okay. <laughs> I was reading the comments, and they're like, "He won in seconds," <laughs> and I was like, "No." <laughs> um, pretty unfortunate. I I love Richie Lang, one of the best power punchers in bantamweight, but um, Zahabi. Proved he's better with the power punching, honestly. Uh, found his opening, landed correctly, and pulled Richie Lang out of there. So that was a fun fun fight. Um, next on the prelims, we had Miranda Mravic versus Jasmine Jusudovicious. Um, yeah. To I, was about, I was about to say, what, what did you just say? Uh, Jusudovicious. I said it good the first time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce it now for some reason. But um, that was a, a relatively okay fight. Miranda Rat Maverick um, is uh, saying she couldn't see out of one eye, and she's like partially blind or something. I only saw the headline, and I, I should have looked more into it, but apparently something to do with her eye affected her during the fight. So um, hopefully she gets better soon. And uh, I do like Miranda Rat Maverick, but I feel like there's some decisions that she had in the past that shouldn't have gone her way. So it's good to see the the correct person win this time. Um, I think Jusuda Vicious did way more than Miranda Mavic did during that fight. So I'm glad she got the win. Um, and next on the the prelims, unfortunately, we had Chris oh. Curtis and Nasruddin Imavov. I had Curtis winning this fight, but Imavov was winning every single round. He was pushing the pace, landing the jab, slipping punches. And uh, Curtis definitely seemed frustrated. It reminded me a lot of him versus Jack Hermanson. Because um, in versus Jack Hermanson, he started cussing him out in the third round and saying he was like a pussy and trying to chase him. Um, Chris Curtis really needs to learn how to deal with um, a, a range advantage. But um, unfortunately, a headbutt happened in the second round. Chris Curtis claims he couldn't see. I believe him. Mm. It was a really nasty cut, and there's blood going straight into his eyeball. So Resulted in a no contest. It was yeah. unfortunate because they were actually pretty much, or at least in my opinion, I thought they were keeping pace with each other. It just yeah. went like really entertaining, but I just... It's always unfortunate when you know that a fighter gets stopped early. Yeah. Because I was kind of expecting him to make kind of a comeback. Because mm -hmm. I know he kind of got bodied in the first round. But. See, see Imavov, Imavov isn't really a power puncher, but Chris Curtis is. So he still had a puncher's chance. I, I could see him getting it done in the third round if he really pushed it. Um, he just has to land one punch. We saw it against Joaquin Buckley. And Joaquin Buckley takes punches from everybody. I mean, the only guys I've seen him get dropped against is uh, Kevin Holland and uh, Chris Curtis. So... Those are two guys who hit really hard and then knock out most of the people they fight. Um, so hopefully Chris Curtis heals that cut up and gets back in there, gets another win under his belt because I really enjoy the way action man Chris Curtis fights. He just needs to figure out those range fighters. Maybe get on the wrestling bike a little bit. But do um, you have any opinions on Chris Curtis's game in that fight? Um, honestly, I thought he you know, did his usual like kind of attack first sort of deal. Definitely but, a pressure fighter. Mm -hmm. Pushes the pace. A lot of pressure. But he just... I don't know. He didn't, like, be as dominant as, like, I kind of expected him to be. Yeah. Or at I least mean, try and, like, uh, push, uh, I guess, him against the cage sort of deal and just kind of body him. But He, he had a 100% um, takedown defense before this fight. And oh, he actually yeah. got taken down in the very first round. And I was like, what? Because before that, he, took, he uh, defended 35 takedowns. So he has amazing takedown defense, but... Chris Curtis just seems slow and a little bit out of place. And Imavov had the upper hand. And it, it sucks. He got the win taken away from him from that cut. But, I mean, I, I think I'll see both those guys back in there soon. They fight pretty often. They're active fighters. So, um, hopefully they both get back out there pretty soon. Um, and we move on to the main card. 
we had a really good start to the main car with Eric Anders and Mark Andre Barrio. Um, Barrio, the Canadian, and uh, Eric Anders, the American, former collegiate uh, football player, mm. actually. Uh, I think he was really good in football, too. Uh, just didn't end up working out as a career, and he pursued MMA since then. Uh, I think he started when he was a little bit older, too. But uh, he's really good technique. And I had him winning um, the second round. I thought he was landing right. Uh, the knees, his clinch work has improved so much, which is I'm really glad to see because it's a new um, you know, ripple to his game. But still a step, step slow. You know, um, was it a split decision? Because I seem no, to remember. No, it was unanimous. It was 29-28, okay. though. So oh, okay. they gave one round to Eric and two rounds to Eric, Mark, Mark Andre. Um, it, it was a good fight. I just... Eric Anders really needs to work on the combos. I only saw him throw the jab to straight. Oh, I remember that. Just like repeat, 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 repeat. I started to get frustrated with it because I'm like, come on. Oh, watch this. Oh, watch this. He's going to do it. I I would call it out before it happened. They do it. It, it, He needs to work on the hooks, maybe um, just getting in tighter. And his his takedown attempts were really lackluster. Uh, He wouldn't blast any doubles. He he would just kind of grab the leg and let go. It was a little bit of a disappointing performance from Eric Anders, but um, he added new ripples to his game, and hopefully the UFC don't cut him. I think he's maybe like one in three in his last four. Mm-hmm. Um, he did win a fight by knockout not too long ago, um, actually against uh, Cal Dawkins, the brother of Chris Dawkins, oh, yeah. who was supposed to fight Khalil Roundtree on this card, which was going to be an amazing fight, but unfortunately got canceled because Curtis had some sort of injury and pulled out. Um, Hoping to see Khalil Roundtree fight. He's one of my favorite fighters. One, the most brutal fighter of all time, in my opinion. Um, has this crazy body kick on uh, Carl Roberson. As he's coming up, he drops him. And then as he kicks him in the body so hard, it bounces it back off the cage. And uh, I really would have loved to see him on this pay-per-view. But um, hopefully he fights soon against Chris Curtis. I believe it's been rebooked, actually, um, for August. So hope, hoping to see that fight uh, play out and not no injuries coming in between it. A lot of injuries recently, especially on this card. A lot of fights got canceled, but still, regardless, an amazing card because the, the fighters showed out. Next, we had Danny Gay and Nate Landwehr. Nate the Train. Um, I put really, the dog in underdog. I put the dog in underdog. <laughs> I love Nate the Train. He's got funny uh, catchphrases, uh, and he pushes the pace when he fights. He was pushing the pace this whole fight, but Danny Gay is just so quick. He was just blasting him with these hooks and these straights. Um, his jab was landing. Uh, Nate Landwehr was just a step slow. Uh, Ige's power and speed was just way too much for him. The thing is, though, that I found really interesting is that, uh, was it Nate? His cardio is amazing. He used to be like, a track athlete. Yeah. He used was to it, run uh, 800. Yeah. For Ige... Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, for Ige in, like, round three, he was still hitting hard. Yeah. But he was definitely he got way tired. slower. He got by, tired in that last round, for By sure. probably, like, a third of the way through the second round you can tell that he was already like Starting super slow down. super slow and nate was still there yeah but he was just he did know. get rocked a few times so i think that made him too cautious mm-hmm. um i th- had him winning that third round honestly um he started putting excuse me um putting the pressure on mm-hmm. knees elbows he, he made it really fun he always does um i've been a big fan of him ever since mm-hmm. san diego so hoping nate gets back in the win column after this but i'm really glad danny gays put together two wins after a four fight losing streak so I didn't know he was on that long of a losing streak. Who yeah. did he? Um, he lost to a lot of really good fighters. He 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 fought like a bunch of killers on Killers Row or gotcha. Death Row, <laughs> so I call it. But um, by the way, it's pretty stacked. So um, got a lot of really good talent there. Um, but after that fight, we had Mike. We call him Mike Mallet. I know it's like Mike Malote 
or Mike Mallott, but we call him Mike, Mike Mallett because he hits like a fucking mallet. Um, really good fight between him and um, Adam Adam Fugit. I always want to say Adam Egit because he's one of my favorite comedians, mm-hmm. but it's Adam Fugit. Um, Adam Fugit, uh, he, was, he was fighting really well in that first round, but to start off immediately, Mike Mallett hit the liver shot. You can see him start to crumble. Watching a fighter like just try and power through that is just crazy to me. He did really he, well. He paused and then just kept fucking going. Yeah, no, but you could was, tell that he like was tilted. Most guys they drop from that. They can't. They can't recover. I mean, you get hit in the liver, your whole body feels like it's shutting down. So it's one of the most excruciating pains you can have as a fighter. I mean, I've seen guys break their toes. I've seen guys uh, break their hands, stuff like that. They don't stop fighting, but they get a liver shot, they drop. I mean, look at Ryan Garcia. He was fighting uh, Tank Davis basically got his um, liver grazed and dropped like a fly and he couldn't get up for 10 seconds is the liver shot the one you were talking about where it's kind of delayed where they'll hit you're like oh i'm fine and then just die mm-hmm. it happens okay. delayed a, a little pretty often but sometimes it's instant and with fugate it looked pretty instant i mean he got kicked right there and then he immediately started hunching over makes you feel like you want to puke it's not a fun feeling but um i've learned that the hard way no. uh Thank you, Mr. John, for kneeing me in the stomach multiple times. <laughs> um, but really, really good um, fight. My One of my favorite Canadian prospects now, Mike Mallett. <laughs> my, I'll say his name correctly. Mike Malote. Uh, he, he did really well. He had amazing striking, uh, pushed the pace the whole fight, was in control, and landed a really nasty guillotine submission it was so tight i i knew as soon as he grabbed that neck and, and pulled him down I'm like he's not getting out of there and then he got the mount and it was tap city i mean attacking later he would have been unconscious so really good fight there really enjoyed that one uh do you have any opinions about that fight honestly not many opinions on either of the fighters because i wasn't really aware of either of them before this card but Fugit's only had two ufc fights oh, okay. um his first fight was lackluster but his second fight he won mm-hmm. um He's a pretty decent fighter, but Mike Mike Mallett <laughs> is a really good prospect from Canada. Okay, so I've been watching UFC for a while now, but seeing, I guess, like the power behind like body hits, because I'm pretty sure right after, um, was it Malo uh, capitalized on that first uh, body kick, he threw another body kick, like maybe 30 seconds later, and he was like, a uh, Fugit was like backpedaling towards the cage. It's- but you just keep on piling on those hits yeah. onto the liver. Just See, like the thing ah. is with the liver, um, it's it's a little bit different than the head because when you get hit in the head really hard, it'll make you wobbly, right? So mm. you want to try and jump on them and hit their head real hard. Um, and sometimes they'll get hit in the head again and they'll be fine. They'll recover. But the liver, you get hit in the liver once, and then the second time, mm-hmm. it does the same effect. It's, it's like already there. It's like anywhere effect. near there just becomes extremely sensitive to the fighter. So if you keep ripping it, keep ripping it, they're going to drop, and yeah. you will finish that. But seeing him just hone in on, I am going mm-hmm. to hit every single yeah. like shot I throw at the body it's was pretty savage. crazy. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Really great uh, fight from Mike Mallett. Mm-hmm. So after that, we had Charles Dubronx Oliveira. He's back. He's back. He's back. Illuminato, um, I was uh, I was unbelievably excited to see Charles Oliveira back in the cage. I was bouncing with joy. And Charles Oliveira walked in the cage. He went to Benil's corner, shook all their hands, embraced them as the good humble man he is. And like he said in the Embedded series, I'm going to kill this guy. That's what his confidence level was at. And I don't think I saw a confidence level when he was fighting Islam. And I'm glad to see the dog 
put back in Oliveira. Um, he walked out there, did exactly what he needed to, landed immediately landed a head kick that uh, seemed to actually really affect Benil. No, he Benil. really wobbled Benil. It, 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 I, don't, I don't believe that one wobbled him too hard, but his guard broke. So you can see the kick go through his guard, and he was like, whew. And then uh, Charles from there put the pace on. Um Pulled guard, and I was really worried about him pulling guard because last fight he fought Islam Makachev, and from the guard, it didn't he go got well out for him. He got, he got um, choked out. He got out jujitsu even. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Sambo really destroyed the jujitsu there. But it was, he was also rocked. He was dropped from mm-hmm. that, right? And I know Charles Oliver has one of the best guards in the game, but I was still, you know, having PTSD flashbacks of Islam Makachev. Now, is Benil also like kind of like a jujitsu pro? One of them? Absolutely. Like, okay. He he was saying that he thought his jujitsu was. Um, like 10 times better than Charles Oliveira. He says 10 out of 10 times I beat Charles Oliveira on the ground, which, you know, super ignorant. And it, it showed because uh, even the commentators were noticing it. Um, when Benil was throwing his punches on the ground and pound, Charles Oliveira was slipping all of them. Him. And you could hear him hitting the canvas. Yeah. Because he, he would he would throw a punch. It, it, he'd slip it just a little bit and it would hit the canvas. And uh, Charles Oliveira was landing hand, hammer fist. He landed an up kick. Um, elbows. He was landing more than Benil was. And then he pushed him off him, pushed the pace back on him, landed the head kick, wobbled him, chased him, hit him with that same punch that he did against Michael Chandler, dropped him, and jumped on him like a mad dog, and um, tried to get the back. Benil rolled, and he just ground and pounded him out. And, Sack of uh, potatoes on the canvas. Yes, it was great. yes ma'am. J- Jason, uh, Jason Herzog had to stop it, and uh, as he's getting up, you still see Benil like trying to get up he falls through the gate cage because his corner is opening it up so he falls over i mean it was such a great showing from charles Oliveira, and the champion has a name and his name is charles dubronx Oliveira. i'm so they excited have to, to see schedule that fight again they, they're going to choice. um everyone seems interested in it javier mendez the coach of islam Makhachev, says he's first in line get into it yeah. um i'm saying in october in abu dhabi um it's gonna happen uh, Charles Oliveira versus Islam. And if Charles Oliveira fights like he did against Benil Dariush, I see Charles getting it done in the first and second, honestly. I mean, in that fight against Islam where um, he was fighting for the belt, he just didn't seem like himself. And I think he has that hunger again. Um, he's been focusing on his camps, uh, being happy and not stressing so much about the fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that joy of having his family around him and his friends uh, has really helped him. And his faith in God, his faith in God has carried him a long way. Every fight, after and before he talks about Jesus and his faith, his faith in Christianity. And it's really catapulted him into an upper echelon. I mean, he's Charles Oliveira, Dubronx, Illuminato. I mean, nothing else to say. I'm so happy with that fight. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any opinions about that fight? <laughs> oh, Lord. You, okay. So we were all in the same room together. It's me, uh, uh, yeah. my friend, Anthony, um, and Charles, no, no, and Caitlin. Charles was not there. Uh, Charles was in the hospital. Charles at this was in the point. Hosp- hospital with appendicitis. Um, he was supposed to be here with us, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, as no. You're saying. Just in that room, the tension of Gabe just like hyper shaking before the fight was crazy. As soon as he won on the couch, over the couch, fucking doing somersaults and shit. He do like the most excited i've ever seen gabe for a fighter to win like like that like absolute i'm passionate yeah he's the most exciting fighter i've ever seen in my life and uh i'll hold that to the day i die i mean i've never seen a fighter and been so excited 
Uh, Kevin Holland's up there, but I mean, he's not doing the stuff Charles Oliver is doing. Mm -hmm. And he's the most exciting champion of all time. I'm willing to argue he's better than Habib on the lightweight uh, goat list. I mean, I think he's the greatest lightweight of all time. Um, and if he beats uh, Islam, there's no doubting it after that. Um, it's unlike John Jones where he's got all this controversy. Charles Oliver has no controversy. Every time he steps in the cage, he puts it on people. And if he doesn't show up, he comes back and he'll show up later. So It was an amazing fight. and The true main event, the people's main event. That, I believe, is what like the golden highlight of this card. Because the main event was, was great, but Charles it, Oliveira. It wasn't Charles Oliveira. Yeah. It was not Charles Oliveira. And I got to say, that new back tattoo looks fucking clean. I, I got a great photo from my background of Charles Oliveira with his arms spread out. The lion the tattoo. And uh, Charles Oliveira spoke a little bit of English. He was on the mic speaking English. Did you see how surprised DC and the translator were? They were yeah. just so proud. <laughs> I mean, that, that translator, he's hes always um, been the translator for Charles mm -hmm. Oliveira. He almost always is. And he, you can see look at his eyes. He's like, I'm about to lose my job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him. Um, but that was such a great fight. Hello, and, uh, Vancouver. Who's the champ? Who is the Charles champ? Charles Oliveira. The champ has a name. It's Charles Oliveira. It was such broken English, but I was still happy to see it regardless. Um, and then moving on to the, the main event. Uh, domination from Man Nunez. It's mm -hmm. nothing new we're opposed to seeing. Um, I'll be honest. I thought that it would be kind of a closer fight where it's just bodies on bodies. Especially since the beginning of the fight. Arina Aldana almost dropped him. Mena Nunez, he, she definitely stunned her with that uh, that slip to right hand. It was a really good mm -hmm. strike. And I, I personally had Irene Aldana um, winning on the Riddick scorecard. Um, I kind of thought it could go either way just because Irene Aldana has some of the best boxing I've seen in MMA. Mm -hmm. I mean, that Mexican boxing style is so, like, transcendent of the sport. And uh, it really shows. Um, it showed in this fight, too, but it uh, the rest of the skills weren't there. Mm -hmm. The grappling skills weren't there. The uh, the timing wasn't there. And uh, she kind of just got mauled from yeah. pillar to post after that first round. The yeah. first round was only a glimpse of, like, what was going to happen. And it was not pretty. Mm -hmm. Um Amanda Nunez with the fake 145 belt, <laughs> which he didn't defend for two years, um, has retired. And as a double champ, she's definitely the greatest women's um, fighter of all time. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, her dominant run was just. Yeah, you can't stack her up to anyone. Um, and I mean, I don't blame her for retiring. She's loaded. Um, she's happy and she can go spend time with her family now. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the right time to retire on top. Now, without, the, without more controversy or anything like that. Well, now, do you have anything to say about, like, uh, was it uh, Juliana Pena, uh, you know, being pissy about her? Well, the most unlikable women's fighter on the planet. Um, disrespects Amanda Nunez, says she's running from her after mm -hmm. getting dominated for five straight rounds. Um, I understand they were supposed to fight. That was a thing that was supposed to happen. Yeah. And uh, she pulled out. So how do you, I mean, injury or not, how can you say she's running? Um, she did her part. And she probably uh, was going to retire after fighting um, Juliana Pena. I bet she already made up her mind that this, I, I, like, this is my last yeah. fight. That's it. Amanda Nunez is a very decisive person. Mm -hmm. um, and you can tell it with her striking and her grappling. She's one hell of a mixed martial artist. And uh, I don't see how you can go and say she's running from you. I mean, it's complete ignorance. Um, Pena is so full of herself. She's actually um, not beat a single fighter on the UFC roster that's active right now. Other than Amanda Nunez, who's not active anymore. So she's 0-2 against active fighters in the UFC right now. Nice. And you and she's going to say, um, oh, wow, I'm Do you think she's I'm next in greatest. line to go for a title? Whatever. Yeah. 
Um, well, they're going to um, they're going to get rid of the 145 belt. Oh. It's not going to be division anymore. I mean, uh, I mean, Nunez is the only fighter in that division, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Um, she's like the only fighter there. There's no rankings otherwise. So, um, it's odd. Just, it's, I don't. I don't know much. Chicks that weigh 145. That's what I was going to say. Like, weight class to make and. Uh, Nunez was so dominant, she kind of cleared it out, and nobody wanted to fight her in it. It was um, initially made for Chris Cyborg. Oh. That was her weight division. Mm-hmm. She's the reason they made that division, because she would just smash kit chicks, and she couldn't cut weight so much weight anymore. Um, she There's, like, disgusting videos of her cutting weight where she's oh, I remember. drenched in tears and screaming, and uh, such a bad time. Or it looks like she's seizing. Yeah, she's, I remember she's that. She's such a jacked, large woman, so I'm kind of um, with... The reason uh, Dana White's Wait, giving to cut out. I guess I'm just like not that um, familiar with like women's like brackets. I know that like they have uh, was it straw weight mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where it's like super super tiny chicks. Straw weight, fly weight, bantam weight. That's all they're gonna have now, which mm-hmm. is fine by me. I mean, so they cut it off at 135. I believe they're cutting off at 135, um, and I think it's a good decision by Dana White. He kind of announced it. He he, he teased it. He said it's probably going to happen. So, so with her retirement we'll now, it just dissolves. hopefully add Adam weight, which is 105. Which is what I'm hoping for. It's popular in one championship and it works in one championship. Um, a lot of these chicks don't really weigh enough to be 115, uh, to be honest. I mean, it gives the shorter chances, the shorter chicks more chances to get their footing in the league. And I think it's a lot more entertaining of a division than 145, which most people can't, can't make. So um, that was one UFC one, uh, 289. Really exciting card. Uh, really happy to watch it. We have another fight night this weekend. Uh, Vittori versus Cannonier, uh, two really bulky middleweights that cut a lot of fucking weight. Um, that'll be a really exciting card. Uh, a lot, a lot of guys in the prelims I know actually. And rapid fire. I'll rapid fire for the th- through a few of these. We got Zach Palga versus Modestus Bokakis. The only thing I've ever seen Modestus Bokakis do is uh, destroy his knee from Khalil Roundtree and get knocked unconscious by um, Jimmy Crute. So I don't really expect a whole lot from him. Zach Palga is a new UFC newcomer. He um, lost on the Ultimate Fighter to um, uh, Kamaru Usman's brother, Muhammad Usman, who has a really good striking game, but um, not the most entertaining fighter. Uh, but I, I kind of see it going Zach Palga's way. He has really good striking overall, a really fun fighter to watch. So see how going, going to Zach Palga. We've got the very gritty and fun Dan Argetta. Versus Ronnie Lawrence. Um, Ronnie Lawrence doesn't bring a whole lot to the table. Kind of a jiu-jitsu wrestler. Um, and Dan Argata is honestly a, a dog. Um, I saw him get dominated in his last fight for three straight rounds. And at the very end of that round, he came back and won that, that fight. So it was really exciting to watch him in the cage. And uh, he's also from the Ultimate Fighter. Um, but he, he shaved his head bald. So he looks a little bit different than he used to because he used to have like a mullet. Oh. <laughs> so definitely a change up in the appearance. But um. Really pulling for Dan Argetta in this fight. Um, and the next fight, we have Teresa Bleda versus Gabriela Fernandez. I don't really believe I'm familiar with either of these fighters. Um, hopefully, it's a good fight. It's in the women's flyweight division. Um, don't have any more comments about that one. And then in flyweight, I'm surprised he's still in the UFC. We have Zalgas Zumagulov versus Felipe Boons. Um, Zaglas is, I believe, 1-4 or 1-5 in the UFC. He is a bantamweight, no flyweight now. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's fought in a bantamweight, but um, in flyweight, he hasn't had a whole lot of success. Um, he's a lot of controversial decisions. They're always split. 
So you could have given either either of the fights that he lost from split decision to him. So I believe that's why the UFC has kept on to him because he is an entertaining fighter. He's a very good fighter, but he's been on the wrong decision of a few decisions. Um, on the ring, wrong side of a few decisions. Um, but um, good. I think it would probably be a good fight. Do you think Unless, it's going to kind of be like his make or break it fight? Absolutely. If he loses this fight, there's no way the UFC keep him around. Because they can't really justify the, gotcha. no, the record. Um, unless they're doing pulling a Sam Alvey where a guy doesn't win a fight for eight straight fights and they still keep him on. We won't talk about that because he's probably like tied to the mob or something. Smiling Sam Alvey. I don't understand how he kept fighting for the UFC after he got destroyed like eight straight times. Um after that, we have Carlos Hernandez versus Denise Bondar. I know Carlos Hernandez, and I see him winning this fight. Bondar doesn't bring a whole lot to the table when it comes to striking. Um, so I got Carlos winning that one probably by TKO in the second or third round. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, then we have Kang Kyung Ho versus Christian Quinones. Uh, uh Quinones is a pretty decent uh, bantamweight. Uh, he's... He's a little slow when it comes to count, uh, like strikes coming in on him, throwing out there. Because he is a counter-striker, but he's a little bit um, delayed. But um, I don't think the other fighter he's fighting brings too much to the table. So I think he he, he bounces out of there with a win. Probably decision. Um, but I could see that being a good fight if uh, they really push the pace. Um, then after that, we have a lot of flyweight fights in this card. A lot of bantamweight, too. Wow. I think the whole prelims is flyweight and bantamweight. Except for the very first fight, which is Zach Palga with that light heavyweight. But we have uh, Jimmy Flick and Alessandro Costa. I know Jimmy Flick, really good with grappling. Uh, kind of a fun little personality. He looks like a little hillbilly. And he's he's got some um, fun tendencies. Um, but uh, I don't know the guys fighting. Um, so probably going to go Jimmy Flick's way. Um, have you heard of Jimmy Flick before? I have not, no, sir. He's not a big name. Um, none of these guys in the prelims usually are. But um, Jimmy Flick's pretty fun to watch. So that'll be a good, good little... Uh, Flyweight fight. And then we have Rioni Barcelos versus Mal Johns, the two guys who are definitely deserve to be the featured prelim out of all these guys. Um, Mal Johns throws bombs. This guy is seriously a killer. Um, the only guys I've seen him lose to are guys who also throw bombs. He doesn't have the greatest uh, defense when it comes to striking. Mm -hmm. but um, I He can I, throw. Yeah, he can definitely throw. Rioni uh, Barcelos is really good too. Um, I don't see how that one goes. Honestly, it could be a knockout for either guy. Um, I, I think it'll probably be Miles Johns just because his right hand is fucking explosive. But um, it'll it is pretty decent prelims. Um, not the most known fighters even for me, who's won't skip a card to save his life. But um, nonetheless, it might be one of those cards which is like UFC 289, where the prelims show out instead of being boring. So uh, we'll we'll see on that one. We'll stay uh, hopeful. As soon as we get to the main card, we have some more notable names, starting with Nicholas Dalby and Muslim Salakov. Welterweight fight. Uh, Salakov is really, really good. Uh, Dalby's pretty good too, but I see it going Muslim's uh, side. Um, he's got really good wrestling, and he's overall a pretty good striker, so uh, probably a decision. But um, it, has, it has potential to be a really good fight. So um, Then we have lightweight with Manuel Torres and Nicholas Mata. Um, Mata, in his last fight, got knocked unconscious by Jim Miller. That was the one we we watched. It was a few months ago, wasn't it? A few months ago, correct, yeah. correct. That's the one where he caught him with the right hand when he was coming in. Uh, Nicholas Mata is really young, um, so we'll see what he brings to the table. I think Manuel Torres gets it done. Uh, Manuel Torres has really good striking, 
overall pretty fun prospect to watch. Uh, now, are they kind of both like kind of young, active fighters sort of deal? Um, not the most active, but I, I would say they're both pretty young prospects and they have a lot of room to grow. So we'll see how they've evolved into this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Pat Sabatini, Lucas Almeida, uh, by the way, fight. Um, not too familiar with these fighters. I've definitely seen them fight before, but I don't really know the most about them. Um, probably going to stay a striking affair. They both usually stick to striking. I think, uh, I've seen Sabatini on the floor before. Uh, not the most impressive, but, um, probably a striking affair. Uh, we'll see who pushes the pace in that fight and really gets it done. So after that, we have Armin Petrosian versus, uh, Christian Leroy Duncan. Interesting fight. Uh, Christian Leroy Duncan, uh, undefeated fighter, and Armin Petrosian is a world-class champion kickboxer, has a crazy kickboxing record. Um, I believe in his last fight he did lose, though. He lost to uh, Caillou Barayu. Uh, we watched him when we were at that um, party. Oh. He's got one with free spirit across yeah, his yeah, neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with the glasses. He's pretty funny. Um, but pretty close fight. Armin Petrosian also has beaten Greg Artigas, which is crazy. Uh, I Love RoboCop. Uh, Greg Rodriguez is a really good fighter. And I believe uh, Armin lost that fight, but it was really close, which is hard to do against Greg Rodriguez. But um, I see Armin Petrosian probably knocking him unconscious with a head kick. Uh, I don't think there's too much experience on the side of uh, Christian Leroy Duncan. <laughs> so it's a long name. Is there. RoboCop his uh, nickname? Petrosian? Yeah. No, that's uh, Greg Rodriguez. Okay. I don't know Petrosian's um, nickname. But I'm a big fan of RoboCop. I'm um, a fan of RoboCop. Yeah. So uh, then we have a really fun matchup between Armand Saryukin and Joaquin Silva. You know who's winning this fight. And it's um it's my boy, Armand Saryukin. Uh, and his last fight uh, dominated against a really good fighter. And before that, he had my favorite one of my, my favorite grappling fight of all time by far, which is Gamerot versus Saryukin, which is just a constant rolling match. Oh, you showed me this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah complete uh he would take single legs and he'd have his own leg uh above his head and he still wouldn't get taken down he'd just roll out of it or just keep stepping and land straight from the from the guard um do you expect to see some scrambles with um, these two honestly or just domination i think armin puts him away real fast um we, we could see some scrambling but it would be uh armon on the top the whole time instead of it being back and forth mm-hmm. i don't i don't i don't think joaquin silva has anything for Armand uh till you can so um Two Armands back-to-back, by the way. Armand and Armen. Armand Petrosian and Armand Taryukin. Thought that was kind of funny. Uh, and then the main event, Jared Kennedy versus Vittori. Both have a very similar style when it comes to um, striking, generally. I think um, Kennedy is definitely more of a power puncher, and Marvin Vittori is a volume striker. When it comes to build in general striking, they're very similar. They're not um, too flashy. They stick to the basics, very technical. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know who wins this fight. I do want to see Cannonier win. But I then- do want to see Cannonier win too. I'm a big fan of Cannonier since his, his weight cut because he's one of the coolest weight cuts of all time. Went from a big, fat, heavyweight to a jacked to the gills middleweight. And he's, he's really funny to listen to with his, his crystals and his, his energy. I mean, he's, he's real inspirational too. So uh, I want to see Jared Cannonier get a big payday against Marvin Vittori. It'll be um, fun to see. But uh, if Marvin Vittori gets to the ground, I don't see it going any other way than his. So um, Kanye needs to keep it standing, blast head kicks, and um, keep his jab and his, his right straight up. I haven't seen anyone knock Marvin Vittori unconscious. I believe he's never been knocked unconscious. And uh, he's hard to crack. I mean, he's fought to the likes of Paulo Costa, 
We just oh. had kicked him into the gills. Like, I mean, had kicked him into the fucking stands and he would just eat it and then just come forward with a boxing combo. And same thing with uh, Israel Adesanya. He's fought Israel Adesanya. He's fought, he's fought everyone who's who in middleweight. Um, I believe he's even fought uh, Robert Whitaker. I could be wrong, um, but he's, his chin seems uncrackable. He's one of my favorite war cries of all time, too. Sounds like an orc from the Middle middle Ages. Um, but that's a really popular meme. They always show the, the war cries of certain fights. And it's Mike Perry going, ah! And then it's Marmotor going, rah, rah! <laughs> Like, fucking Shrek. It's pretty funny. But um, Do you think Cannoneer has the skills to put him away? If you think that he's no, never been knocked out no. before? I don't think anyone knocks Marvin Vicario unconscious. I think that brick head of his is just, it's just pure Italian Parmesan cheese. And it's just <laughs> like hard and over the years because I don't think he's crackable. I mean, it's, it's honestly ridiculous. I don't know what he might just be really well hydrated during the fights or something, but I've seen stuff hit him that should just destroy him. He's a very good guard. His guard mm-hmm. is very tight. So that could be part of it. But, um, Regardless, I, I do see it going Cannoneer decision. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to see Marvin Vittori it, trains with the best of the best. He f- trains with Sean Strickland, trains with all these world-class fighters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to see him add a new ripple to his game and uh, evolve a little bit because I haven't seen him really do too much new in his most recent fights. He's been in, he's been in Thailand fighting uh, Muay Thai. So. Thailand? Don't say it. <laughs> don't say it don't say it thailand's a great place um but yeah uh anything we want to go over no on i don't have anything really specific i just want to bring back up the charles Oliveira fight. charles Oliveira, <laughs> the the champ has a name is a makachev and he's coming for you he's coming for you with a vengeance motherfucker oh i'm so excited i'm so excited abu dhabi in in you're gonna see all the the fucking hijabs and robes in the fucking crowd, and they're all gonna be with their hands in their heads after Charles Oliver head kicks him into the fucking stands. I started something. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just so excited. I mean, I I don't dislike Islam Makhachev. I think he talks a lot more shit than he actually backs up, mm-hmm. and he seems to think he's hot shit. And I mean, right now he's a champ, and he dominated Charles in their last fight. He has no reason to not believe so. But I think Charles Oliver is on his level, and he's about to prove that. Um, the hungry lion on his back, you know, represents who he is. And he's got his flaming on his chest, and that's who he's fighting for. I don't see a lot of um, Islam's personal life, so I can't really go into detail with that. But um, Charles Oliveira puts it on his sleeve. And, I mean, every fight before the – every camp, every day of camp before the fight happened with Benil Dariush, he's FaceTiming his daughter. He's uh, checking in on his family. I mean, he's not married anymore to his wife, but he still has a very close relationship with her just so he can – be close with his daughter. I mean, um, Islam's not very humble, so I think that's why I do pick sides against him pretty often. Mm-hmm. But um, if if Charles keeps it standing and Charles does what he needs to, I, I see him putting Islam out, mm-hmm. maybe second round. And I think I think that that knockout's coming. I, I've seen Islam get rocked before. I've seen him get knocked unconscious, and I think Charles Javier can make him quit. I think he can make him quit. So yeah just the last thing i want to leave with is awesome fight can't wait to see more absolutely absolutely and thank you for listening to the brutal mma podcast we'll hopefully be back next week with a normal episode have a good night